July 29, 1958, the 34th President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower, founded NASA to beat the Soviet Union in the space race between the U.S. and Russia. The first space mission was executed on February of 1962 when the first American, John Glenn, successfully orbited Earth on the Friendship 7 mission. From there, NASA's Gemini program was made to reconstruct spacecrafts in order to be able to maneuver and dock the first man on the moon. So on, NASA's program was seemingly successful with the missions they had executed. On January 5, 1972, NASA's space shuttle program was born. It was the fourth human spaceflight program which transported crew and cargo to Earth's orbit from 1981 to 2011. The 25th mission of the space shuttle program was a historical moment for the U.S., the first ever civilian would be on their way to Earth's orbit. Her name was Krista McAuliffe, a teacher from New Hampshire who was inspired to make learning more interesting for all students. Krista McAuliffe and the six other crew members would train for months in 1985. Whilst the crew of astronauts were training for NASA, NASA had other issues in mind. The space program's shuttle was the first ever shuttle that would launch into space but be able to glide down like a plane onto a runway on its way back to Earth. NASA originally planned to launch 60 shuttles per year, but quickly realized that this was a huge issue. The craft's pieces were hard to put back together in a short amount of time, and also it was hard to make it safe. With the success of the first shuttle launch of Columbia, NASA routinely would have to be able to technically put parts together as fast as they could. So to make the process go a little faster, NASA hired private contractors to mechanically fix the shuttle and use NASA engineers to observe the data about the shuttles. In a short amount of time, NASA discovered that the O-rings on the joint rocket boosters weren't behaving accordingly due to cold temperature launches. The O-rings are sealants that keep the gases from seeping out of the rocket booster. NASA saw this risk and experimented with it, with it only to do another couple launches. Some of those launches would not have that issue with the O-rings, but some others would. NASA then decided to waive its governing rights on the O-rings so that it would make it acceptable to launch the spacecraft without stalling its program to redesign the equipment. One of NASA's private contractors, Alan J. McDonald's company, Morton Thiokol, looked into the solid joint rocket boosters. The night before the Challenger's launch, he caught a call in Utah from one of its company's managers. The call was concerning that Florida had a record-breaking freeze overnight, getting down to almost 18 degrees the night before the launch. Alan J. McDonald said, I'm really worried about these O-rings operating in those types of temperatures. That same night, Morton Thiogok and NASA called for an emergency teleconference to discuss an analysis of temperature data to make sure that a good temperature could be agreed upon to launch the shuttle. NASA's project manager, Larry Malloy, was very unhappy what Morton Thiokol suggested. They suggested that NASA would launch it when it is 54 degrees outside. 
Through that, Alan McDonald was startled by NASA's reaction, to which then he replied, I wouldn't want to be that guy that had to appear at the Board of Inquiry if this thing blows. Larry Malloy then replied, I understand that, Alan. You don't have to. That'd be me. Morton Cycle engineers couldn't agree upon the data, so they left it up to the managers to decide if it was safe to launch, which they all agreed to do. On January 28, 1986, the day the Challenger would launch into orbit with the first ever American citizen, the whole nation was watching on live t- television. Back in New Hampshire, Krista McAuliffe's school watches proudly. It froze completely overnight, so NASA agreed upon delaying a few hours to let the outside temperature to warm up. At 11.38 a.m., the Challenger launched into space. 40 seconds into the shuttle, it rolled on its back to correctly position itself into orbit. The shuttle was traveling nine times faster than a bullet. 69 seconds in, NASA's commission control orders the throttle up to exit Earth's gravitational forces. At 73 seconds, the Challenger had exploded. In horror, mission control was stunned. No contact with the shuttle. Processing what had happened, the whole thing just blew up in a fireball. Shrapnel fell to the Atlantic. NASA's last desperate attempt to save the crew meant deploying the Coast Guards to the Atlantic. Coast Guards never discovered any signs of life, but did find three astronaut helmets that had all deployed oxygen masks. The horrifying discovery. Three of the crew members survived the explosion. The oxygen masks were built in to help the astronauts breathe if anything went wrong. Those three crew members died on impact with the ocean. The rest all died in a fiery doom. The nation mourned, holding a memorial service in honor of our fallen space heroes. NASA was later investigated by the Rogers Commission created by President Ronald Reagan to find out what went wrong. The teleconference was the focal point around the whole investigation. The commission found that the O-rings were in fact the factor of the Challenger explosion and that there was much pressure by NASA commissioners to launch the shuttle. The Roger Commission decided that NASA would be an increased budget and they would need to add a third O-ring for safety and removing some project managers such as Larry Malloy out of the shuttle program. It took two years for NASA to launch another shuttle into space's orbit, but after that, NASA had 15 years of successful launches to space and more space discoveries.